in the Red Bibles. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, if you're a parent, you know that you don't have a favourite child, do you? Well, at least officially you can't say that one of your children is more favourite than the other. And uh, sometimes as parents we get ourselves into trouble because we have a really great day and um, we say, this is the best day ever. And then your partner might point out, well, what about the day where we got married? Surely that's a bit better. And then your children sort of say, what about the day I was born? That was a bit better. The The thing is, when we try to pick the most important thing, we live in a polarizing society, meaning that our society trains us to think that when we favor something, it means we don't favour something else. If we say something is really a great day, it's implying that other things aren't great. And so when I look back through the course of this year, I've had some great days. There are some things that have happened for me this year that I could say, well, that's one of the best days of my life. But then does that comparison actually in our society detract from some of the other things. I'm not actually making a statement that my wedding day wasn't important just because I say that I had a great time in England visiting churches earlier in May. Or I'm not detracting from the days when my children were born just because I say that it's been great to accompany the people going through Alpha. And seeing some of them give their life to Christ is really uplifting to me, but that doesn't detract from any of the other things that we do. And so as we come to celebrate the feast of Christ the King today, we're not actually saying that any of the other parts of the life of Christ are unimportant. It's all important. But I think it's important for us to focus on Jesus Christ the King today because there's an important message from that. But we can see this in the life of the church, can't we? We, we, we talk about 
the people who are passionate about evangelism say evangelism is the most important thing in the church and those who are really uh, pushing for the, the church to engage in social justice issues say well social justice is the most important thing that the church can do and then you talk to our musicians and and worship and leading worship is the most important thing that we can do we can get overwhelmed by all of these things as though somehow they're in competition with one another, but God is actually asking us not to see these things in competition to one another, but part of the overall uh, mission of the church and the kingdom of God breaking into our world. So is evangelism important? Yes, it is. Is going out on mission to share the good news of Jesus important? Yes, it is. Is uh, engaging in social justice issues important? Yes, it is. Is uh, coming together for prayer and worship important? Yes, it is. It's all important. One isn't more important than the other. And we can get into a uh, comparison trap with that. The sense that somehow when we say that when we start talking about one issue, we can feel that the other issues have been neglected. And so when we think about theologians, they too can get into this same idea. There are some who take Paul's words that when he says, I only preach Christ and Christ crucified, they say, see, atonement theology is the most important thing and all we need to do is just keep talking about atonement theology and if we look at the, the uh, third window on the bottom there, atonement theology would be expressed by Jesus on the cross. Is the, is the idea that Jesus died on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for our sins important? Absolutely it's important. But some theologians will say, well, if Jesus never came and lived as one of us, which is the incarnation, which is the one on the left, that Jesus came and lived as one of us, the incarnation which we celebrate at Christmas, if Jesus never came and lived as one of us as a human being, then the Day of Atonement could never have happened. But it's like the two aren't in competition, it's part of the unfolding story of God. And then we could also take Paul at his word and, and when he says, well, if, the, if, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then the cross is null and void. And so the fourth panel there is, could be deemed the most important panel there where Jesus rises from the dead. And, and the panel on my right here where Jesus is emerging from the empty tomb as though he's coming out and the day of resurrection and, and the flag of victory that that wins... You see, all of these things are important because they tell of the revealing story of who God is. So as we talk about the feast of Christ the King, I don't want you to hear that the feast of Christ the King is in competition with any of the other images of Jesus. We could almost walk our whole church and look at all the different images of Jesus in all the stained glass windows and show how part of those stories that are emerging are all important because it reveals to us who Jesus is. And so today as we think about Christ the King, 
it's important for us to understand that Jesus continues his journey that's been unfolding since he was there at creation, where he's completing his journey when he sits on the throne as the victorious king. We could have the cross as the symbol of Christianity. We could have the empty tomb as the symbol of Christianity. Or we could have Jesus sitting on the throne as the symbol of Christianity. And in the book of Ephesians, the reading we just read, it shows us what happens when Jesus sits on the throne. It says that the power is his mighty strength which God exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, above all rule and authority, power, dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. God put Jesus on the throne to rule as victorious king over all things, both in the present age and the age to come. I love that phrase there, there's no title that could be given where Christ is not greater than that. I think it's because it's saying, it doesn't matter what we think is important or what societal issues we put at the top, Christ sits above all of that. And there's no area, and we read in the psalm there, there's no area of humanity or the world or creation that Christ doesn't sit over. Now, up to this point, you might be agreeing with me and sort of saying, so, Mark, what's the point? I think the point of praying to God who sits on the throne, Jesus who sits on the throne above all things, is that Jesus has power over all things. When we pray... We don't pray to a powerless God. I heard about a a, a theological debate and um, it was talking about a particular issue and as I listened to that issue, I actually thought they're, they're actually weakening Jesus in their theological debate because they're saying that earthly politics needs to play out in order for Jesus to return. Now, that, that, that theological position would actually mean that Jesus somehow doesn't have authority over earthly dominions. So, when we pray, we pray to a God in Jesus who sits over all things. Jesus has the power to conquer anything. So, any circumstance that we are facing, Jesus sits above that. So if we ask God to break through in a circumstance in our life, Jesus has the power to do that. So again, you might be following me to this point and say, but sometimes I see Jesus doesn't break in, so what's with that? I think the challenge of Christ the King is that we get that Jesus has authority over all things, but sometimes our prayer requests We're going to Jesus who sits over all things, asking Jesus to break into our world and our circumstances in our way and in our timing. And the Feast of Christ the King reminds us that we ask God to break into 
our world in his will and in his timing. And so on this day, the feast of Christ the King, have confidence to ask Jesus for anything. Approach Jesus, confidence knowing that there's nothing that you could pray for that Jesus couldn't do. Heal the sick, God, Jesus can do that. Restore relationships, Jesus can do that. Anything that you ask Jesus to do, Jesus has the power to do it. The challenge to us on the Feast of Christ the King is to surrender our timing and our solution. So on the Feast of Christ the King, we pray to Jesus who sits on the throne above all things and say, Jesus, this is what we would like to do. But we surrender to your will and to your timing. I think that's why we celebrate Feast of Christ the King. Because it's a great reminder to us to keep praying. I'm not going to say that prayer is more important than worship or any of the other things we do, but I think as we look at the engine room that drives our church, it's not just being in prayer. It's actually praying in confidence, knowing that Jesus has authority over all things. Let me pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you sent Jesus into the world. And Lord, we thank you for all the important days in his life that reveal to us more and more about who Jesus is and the significance of his stepping in as the promised Messiah. And Lord, today on the Feast of Christ the King, we hold on to that image of Jesus sitting on the throne and we approach you with confidence knowing that we can pray bold prayers. But Lord, today we surrender our plans to your timing and we say, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus over all our circumstances. And we pray that your kingdom would break into our world for your good and for your glory. Amen. I'm going to invite the musicians to come up for our next song. Yes, in his own son, blessings to his people come in abundance through the one. In Christ, God's glory is revealed, in his grace, his faithfulness is shown, and so we live in certain. As foretold the servant came, sacrifice amid our shame, 
promised Savior, Lamb of God, full atonement by His blood. In Christ, God's glory is revealed. His grace, His faithfulness is shown. And so we live in certain hope, the God of truth, our fortress strong. I look when the Christ did come, great King David's greatest son, line of Judah, Lang of kings, he whose rule will never end. In God's glory is revealed in his grace his faithfulness is shown and so we live in certain hope the God of truth our fortress song and so we live in certain hope the God of truth our fortress strong As we come to a time of prayer now, just going to invite you in the quiet of your heart to focus on that image at the top or maybe some other image that reminds you that Christ has authority over all things. And then I'm going to make a few prayer intentions. So just spend a few moments in quiet reminding ourselves that Christ has authority over all things. As we continue in prayer, up on the screen we have the two crowns of Jesus. The crown of thorns that Jesus wore at the peak of his suffering. <coughs> and then we have the crown of victory. For some of us, we're praying and we're reminding ourselves that Christ is king over all things, but we're wearing the crown of thorns. We're in a time of suffering and our prayer requests are for Jesus to have victory over things in our life. And maybe we need to today pray reminding ourselves 
that Christ himself suffered. So if that's you, just spend a moment in prayer now. But also some of us are praying prayers, giving thanks to God for the victories that we've had this year, the successes that we've had this year. And we've had good things happen to us this year. And so if that's you, pray all glory to God in the victory. Spend a moment now praying over those two crowns. Gracious God, as we look at the issues in our world today, we see there are areas of our world where there is suffering and we acknowledge that you stand wearing the crown of thorns in the midst of that suffering. Lord, when we don't know what the solution is, we hand it over to you and your timing and your will. But we also thank you for the blessings of this year, all the things that uh, you have blessed us with. And we give you all the glory for that. And so be with us, guide us and protect us.